Hello, uh, this is uh, the You Know What Dude podcast, and uh, you might be sitting there going, shit, there's no theme music. I usually open up with a little theme music, whether it be from a, a fan named Tracy or a bud named Joe DeRosa or some type of music. Um, people were uh, actually, uh, Joe was a little frustrated that I went with somebody else, and Tracy was a little fucking mad that I went with Joe, and Joe had a problem with it, and we uh, put it to a vote. I got a bunch of emails from a lot of fans of which one they liked, and uh, they actually picked, dun-da-da, voted in by the fans, the theme music for the You Know What Dude podcast is... Joe DeRosa. <laughs> Every email. I don't know if it was fair though, too, because you're a fucking kind of. I'm here with Joe DeRosa right now. Yeah. Uh, you've won, Joe. Do you have an acceptance speech? Out of the four emails. <laughs> Six, motherfucker. Six. It's actually seven, but we won't count Tracy's, the guy who fucking actually did the other one. So I won? No, I actually am. I mean, that's nice. Everybody. Uh, actually, uh, there was more than. I know, I'm just kidding. No, I, dude, stop. I know you're kidding. All I'm right. a comic too, jackass. <laughs> right. Everybody, I got a lot of emails. I got like maybe 20 emails. And everybody picked Joe DeRosa's. Of course, there was no contest. Well, no, it's not that it was no contest, man. I disagree. I think the other one had a little more edge. I like the fact that it had some of the podcast in there. You know what I mean? It wasn't just one thing, a song. I think that your song could be improved on. I think if we learned anything from Tracy, that we can actually... I was. I, I might mix the two. I'm not saying there's not a better song out there and that somebody couldn't do a better job than me. Right. All I'm saying is Tracy definitely didn't do a better job than me. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I definitely beat Tracy. There, without question, millions of people out there that could beat my song. Well, I'm not saying. You know what? You know what resonated with me is that when I said Tracy's is cool, and you said exactly, you're not cool. Uh, no, <laughs> I should. I should have I said submarine music. <laughs> that should be my theme song music, but. All right, well, I'm glad I won. Thank you, fans. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I'm over here with Joe DeRosa at his apartment. We're doing another podcast. Uh, I'm going to try to be doing these once a week uh, with uh, random people. Uh, try to keep up on this a little more. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Tracy's was good. I liked what he was going for. He had a little rocking. So he added some of the podcast in there. I wanted, actually, some of the clips, like you saying shit or calling and all these people kind of in there, right. which I might do in the future. I don't know if you have some time. You might fucking throw that into yours, you know, in between some stuff. Anything else you need, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Anything else I could do for you? Yeah, I mean, you're, fucking, you're a cunt. First of all, I asked Joe today. Um, I asked Joe today to do the podcast. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. I go, all right, meet me over at my house where I do the podcast mainly. People will come to my house. Even... Colin Quinn came to my house right. to do the podcast. Um, you, right. and I didn't know this, was like, can you just come to my house, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I'll come to your house. Didn't know it was fucking pouring out. And then you, uh, you call me to get you fucking an umbrella. And you do it, let me just finish, before you defend yourself with okay. whatever horse shit, you do it in such a friendly, sweet way. You're like, dude, do you have an extra umbrella that you can bring over? Because I don't have an umbrella and, I, you know, I... You know, I, I don't want to, you know, have to go get one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'll look, I'll guess. And, you know, I have a bunch of umbrellas and I bring one over. I'm walking to your house in the fucking pouring rain, mm -hmm. holding two umbrellas like a moron. Bring it. And I walk in and you're sitting there watching fucking Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald, whatever the fucking fat bitch's name is, <laughs> just relaxing, chillaxing in your house. Well, I'm soaking wet, hope, bringing you an umbrella like you're the fucking umbrella king. Okay, okay. Two things. Yeah? Number one. First of all, there's always two things with you. Number one. Th three things. 
Okay. Number let's, one. Let's switch it up a little. Yeah, number one. Yeah. The reason I said come to my house is because I was out in the middle of food shopping. Right. Bobby calls me and goes, can you come do the podcast? I said, dude, I'm out food shopping right now, and I got to bring all this stuff home. Can you just meet me at my place so we can save a little time here so I don't have to go up, drop everything off, then go back out, and whatever. So that's number one. Okay, first of all, I have to keep a notepad when I do these podcasts with you because I, I don't remember half the fucking shit that infuriates me while you okay. speak. Okay. But go ahead. That's number one. Okay. Number two, as I was walking home with the groceries, it starts pouring rain. I jump into a cab, go to my place. I had to stop my grocery shopping to do the podcast with you. I didn't have time to finish it, so I go, Bob, can you do me a favor? I had to come home to do this podcast. Can you, do you have an umbrella? Because i got to go back out in this rain. I don't have an umbrella. If yeah. you have one you can bring, that would be awesome. Yeah. That's number two. Number three, you lazy motherfucker. He calls you for a favor. Hey, dude, can you do me a favor? Yeah, what's up, Bob? Can you help me do my podcast today? Absolutely, absolutely, old friend. I need a pen. Old I need a pen. I need a pen. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, pal. Can you come to my house? <laughs> do that's like me being like, Bob, you want to come over for dinner? Uh-huh. Do me a favor. When you get here, I want you to cook the dinner for us. It's not you like that. You didn't meet a guy halfway on a favor. It's not like that. First of all, let's go backwards. Me, you're not doing me a favor. It's my podcast. I'm doing you a favor. You're on my podcast. So people, I'm promoting you. You're not fucking doing anything. What were you doing? You were watching Ella Fitzgerald sing with Frank Sinatra it duets. Was wonderful. It was stupid. I saved you from nothing, from the void of nothing. I invited you over to do a podcast to, to fucking talk about shit, promote shit, so people can actually hear your voice. Because you don't fucking do a podcast. You do nothing. I do one with Bill. So, all right, fine. But he's in L.A. and you don't do it all the time. I'm actually inviting you to do my podcast. So you should feel fucking honored to come to my house. It's like, it's like inviting somebody over to your house for dinner, okay? And them saying, hey, I'd love to come to dinner to your house. I know you cook this big turkey, and big meal. But is there any way you can take all the food and bring it to my house so we can eat in my house. That's what it's like. Let me ask you. Number two. Let Number two. You. Hang on, fuckface. You did your three. I'm going backwards. Okay. Number two. As far as the umbrella goes, if we lived in fucking Montana and to get an umbrella would fucking mean you'd have to drive to a fucking Walmart or into the fucking hick town, I could understand. Do you have an umbrella? We live in New York City. When it rains, black people fucking come out of the woodwork on every corner with umbrellas for three dollars. You make can it a literally thing. don't not, make it a racial thing. They're not white people. Don't uh, make it a racial thing. It's not white people. <laughs> you could walk out literally on any corner and fucking buy an umbrella anywhere. You have nineteen delis within okay. fucking spitting distance. You have a heart two hardware stores. You have fucking. There's a million, there's a Dwayne Reed on the corner. So me bringing you an umbrella, it was actually more work to walk from my house to get an umbrella than it would be for you to walk out of your front door and grab an umbrella. Number three, uh -huh. to save time, Joe, to save time. There's, there's no time to be saved. I didn't call you go, dude, I have to do a podcast, stop. It wasn't heart surgery, dude. I said, you want to do a podcast today? You could have said, dude, look, I'm shopping. I'm going to go home, drop my stuff off. I got to do a couple things. I have to write a blog. And then I have to do, uh, I have to paint a painting. Ooh, that's and then, not what you said, though. Hang on, stop. Let me finish. And then you could have said, I'll be over. I said, all you have to do is before 2. This was 1130. That would give you 1230, 130, 2. That's two and a half hours to shop. I, I, and bring your groceries home, put them all away, and, and then, then make walk it to, my to your house, house and, and get drenched in the rain because I have an umbrella, and you did have an umbrella. So you're saying this is what it is? That, that, no, if you go back to my number two, this that you could have went to the corner and grabbed an umbrella. There isn't one on the corner. It's, it, it, first of all, this is what it is. Yeah. This is what it is. When you do nice things for people, you get angry about it because you think that they're taking advantage of you. They're not. No, 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 no. These are loving oh, things that you do for your oh, friends. Oh, These are loving things. You motherfucker. You are, and, I'll tell you what you are. <laughs> you're the silkiest, softest. You're a ninja manipulator, dude. 
You, because you don't come across to anybody as a manipulator. You're a nice guy, Joe. You're just a sweet guy. This is another thing you do at my house. When you come over for food, you help my wife in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. No, fucking don't do that, Joe. Don't fucking do that. That's a fucked up way of telling my wife. Now she's looking at you going, wow, what a nice guy Joe is. Do you is. honestly think in your twisted brain that that's what I'm trying to do? That I'm trying to make you look bad? I guarantee you. I was raised to help out when you, when you get invited to somebody's house for dinner. That's how my mom raised me. It's two, it's two things. It's two, helping out, bringing your plates into the kitchen. Hang on. Bringing your plates into the kitchen, helping out. Uh, wiping up a mess so that where you were, helping out. Offering to do the dishes with my wife. First of all, you don't fucking do dishes with my wife. That's almost sexual. (laughs) That's almost you trying to live vicariously through me. Like, Uh, she's your wife, too. Number two, you cocksucker. Number two, you cocksucker. I have my life set up. If my wife is doing dishes, and then all of a sudden my best bud comes over and offers to help her with the dishes, now she thinks I'm a hunk of shit. Look at Joe. He's a nice guy. She should think that. (laughs) That's not the point. I have the illusion that the fucking Empire State Building isn't there. Okay, it, the, the 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 Statue of Liberty just vanished. She, I have the illusion set up that I'm the perfect guy. Okay, uh, so when you come over and ruin that fucking illusion because you were raised to fucking go the extra mile at somebody's house, you fuck up my life. This is Be- the picture, though. This is the picture. You got to understand the picture. Let's paint the picture. What it's like. I go over to your house for dinner, dude. Bobby's wife, God bless her. Yeah. Cooks this these spreads for us. Yeah, it looks like you're in a Brazilian steakhouse. Right. Yeah, it's great. She's unbelievable. Meats are coming yeah. out. There's yeah. cheeses and fruits. Absolutely. And Bobby is just sitting there at the table like a man. She's just plating. Yes. Just putting plate after plate yeah. in front of him. Cigarette ashes all over his belly. Yeah. He showed me his latest uh, gadget. iPad gadget that yeah. he bought. Yeah. I'm like, I feel bad. I'm like, let me, Jesus. Let no, me help you don't a need bit to here. feel bad. Let me help from, a little bit. Here. No, no, you should fucking take notes because what, are you going to be the guy that you and your wife split everything evenly? Yeah. Well, I'm not. Okay, yeah. I got my life the way I like my life. Stop <laughs> fucking up my life. Then, I don't want to live your life, Joe. I don't want to fucking. So you know what? Let me tell you one. This is this is this is how my life is. Okay. One day, my wife went to work. I went downstairs and I started in the bathroom, worked my way to the fucking closets, went into the bedroom, worked my way upstairs, living room, kitchen, and I cleaned that whole apartment, top to bottom, spick and span. My wife came home, opened the door. You know what she did? All right. She cried. Yeah. She was in tears. Yeah. Because, you know what? This poor woman. No, no. This poor, because, poor woman. So she actually... <laughs> appreciated what I did. You do that shit all the time. You know what happens? Your chick is going to fucking... It's not going to be appreciated. It's just going to be what you do. So all of a sudden, you now they start bitching. So if I piecemeal her over the years and I slowly become the fucking guy that she really wants, by the time we're in our 50s, I'll be that guy. I'll be that guy. But I'm not going to fucking go balls out and fucking... Help her this and help her that because she's gonna not appreciate balls it. Balls out. Cleaning the dishes is balls out. Yeah. Oh my God. This is what I'm gonna start doing when I come over dinner. I'm gonna start leaving tips then. I have to put cash down because I can't handle it. That's disrespectful. I feel too guilty. That's I disrespectful. Can't, can't Look, you can it. help out, Joe, but fucking getting, getting into fucking you and my wife with aprons on doing dishes, kibitzing, go oh, fuck yourself. I don't, want you as, I don't want you near my wife. It's almost sexual. It is almost sexual. It's like you're fucking... I know in your head, you're probably fantasizing, but like, hey, are you probably... I, I think I heard you call her honey last time, yeah, too. Yeah, I think yeah, you I'm actually sure, use I'm fucking sure. terms of endearment with my wife. I'm sure. And then you yell at me for being a scumbag in front of your wife. Pick. pick. Which one? Why were you, pick. A, scum, why were you a scumbag? When, when we're out sitting eating, eating lunch or something, and I look at a girl and I go, oh, God. And then you yell at me for that. No, you this is what pick. you said. Let, let's not... Let's, let's not if, say it too loud because the windows are open. Yeah, God forbid. This is another thing that pisses me off about you, Joe. Like, don't say it. I'm not going to say it too loud, but Joe is so f- fucking angry when you yell or talk dirty in his apartment because the windows are open. He doesn't want his neighbors to think that he's a scumbag. Yet, at three in the morning, when fucking he has, you know, Frank Sinatra blaring and he's boning the shit out of some chick on the fucking carpet 
and she's screaming, in my ass, in my ass, and you're burping and screaming, that's not a problem. <laughs> that, while they're sleeping, that's not a problem. Middle of the day, while nobody's even fucking here, you can't say cunt rag too loud, because Joe's going to go, hey, my neighbors, go fuck yourself, cunt rag. No, no, no. No, if I have to respect your household, you have to respect mine. I don't not respect it. If I can't, you just yelled cunt rag three times. <laughs> if I, I won't do the dishes anymore, you can't yell, you can't yell F and cunt. Yeah, but yours, mine's make sense. Yours doesn't no, make sense. Fuck you. All right, back. You're such I, a typical comic. I want to get back. My way makes sense. I, are you, what are you? <laughs> you're saying the same thing. Right, yeah, but I'm saying, I'll, 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 what I'm saying is, if you agree with me, I'll agree with you. <laughs> All right, no. I don't want you to not be you at my house. That's me. I, I no. I just want you. I just want to. I want you not to, not to fucking be a hundred percent you at my house. I don't want you to fucking do dishes with my wife. I don't want you to fucking uh, go in the kitchen and try to cut the meat. That that that's me. I cut meat. You don't cut meat at my house. If there's a roast beef, you sit the fuck down and be served. Okay. My wife cooks it. I cut the meat. The jobs are fucking already divvied out, okay? I'm the general, she's the corporal, and you're a private when you come to my house. <laughs> you're out of your shit. Let me tell you something else, too. Remember that nice, beautiful surprise party that your wife threw yeah. for you? Yeah. Remember how nice that was? Yeah. Guess what? what? I was one of your only friends that she could pull aside and talk to with it because we have a bond. That bond was forged over doing dishes together. You understand? She was able to come to me and go. What, what do you mean? She goes, was able Joe, to come listen. To you. Here's what I'm thinking about doing for Bobby's thing. Blah 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 blah. You think she could do that with half of your other friends? She First could of all, call those guys and go. Well, what do you think? How about this? I gave input into that thing. I helped. You were talking to my wife on the side. You were right there half the time. You didn't even know. <laughs> we were literally walking behind you on the street. But you had a Boston cream donut or something, something that took your attention <laughs> off, of, off of everything happening around you. Is that why you bought me that donut that yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> the reason why uh, my wife threw me a surprise party, let's get to the root of it if you want to talk about friends. Let's get to the root. Well, I'm not saying why let's, she did it. But let's talk about that. The reason why my wife threw me a surprise party with all my friends, okay, is because I came home one night. After one of your parties, your you throw parties for yourself. Yeah. So you say, "Look, I'm having a birthday. Okay, I'm going to throw my own party at this place, and you invite everybody. Everybody, not just your friends. You invite everybody. Industry, open micers. Yeah. Anybody can bring anybody. I go for quantity. And you, yeah, you don't go for quality. <laughs> Mine was quality. Yours was quality. Yeah, yours was quality. <laughs> quantity. Dude, you invite everybody and, and you show up and you're the star of your own party. That's so fucked up. And I came home one night and I go, I've never had a birthday party. I've never had a surprise birthday party. I've never had any of my friends throw anything for me. No one's ever done shit for me. Right. And she's... I'm like, she's like, well, why don't you throw a party like Joe? No, I, that's wrong. You're, hang on. You're not supposed to throw your own party. It's supposed to be from the belly of your friends where they go, where they go, look, please, I, we want to do this for Joe. Joe's uh, such a nice guy. Yeah. We should throw a party for him. Yeah. That's, me, that's like throwing your own roast. Let me tell you the you difference. You can't do your own roast. Let me tell you the difference. First of all, let me, let me clarify one thing. Let me clarify, or qualify one thing about my parties. I don't. I don't, nobody, br I don't take any presents. Nobody brings gifts or anything. I don't take anything from anybody. I, I literally just say, it's my birthday. I want to get loaded, guys. Let's have a good time. Everybody comes out. We all buy our own drinks. We have a great time. I don't do this bullshit where I go, take me out to dinner, everybody, like a lot of people. Do. I don't do any of that. I say, show up here. This is where I'm going to be drinking. People come and we have a good time. Second of all, don't act like for a second, for a second, that you passive aggressively planning your own party by going, oh, woe is me. I wish somebody throw me a party. And then get it. that's the same thing. I just hit the balls to go, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's the same thing. Okay, okay. okay. And what's sadder? What's really sadder? Because we're even here. What's sadder? A man that has to throw his own party every year or a guy that's only been throwing a party once. It's both depressing. All right, all right. All right, you're right. I I had every, I'll, I'll be honest, I had every intentions 
when I was complaining about your party to my wife, I had every intention that this bitch would take the hint and fucking throw me a party. Of course she did. And she did. I was never more depressed than I was at your party because I was sitting there going, look at this. Somebody loves this man and did this for him. <laughs> I had to do this for myself every year. Well, you there's know, no dinner. It's awful. <laughs> well, they she she actually went all out and had the original party was for Saturday night. The party we had was on a Monday. It was Colin, Patrice, uh, Voss, Norton, you, uh, uh, what's her name? Morgan, Tom Papa, everybody from the cellar, Noam, SD, uh, all those people. A bunch of my other friends, Jack Vaughn, his wife, uh, some of her friends that I know. So it was really intimate, really fucking intimate. Who's that? It's our managers. Hang on. Oh, our managers. Just pause it for a second. Well, why can't we let them hear it? All right. Hello? Conan. I'm doing Bobby Kelly's podcast with him, and he wants me to take this call on the air. <laughs> You're not on the air. I am. What's that? You guys are dropping Bobby as a client? I don't blame you. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. They're lowering my commission to 5%, and yours is going up to 15 It will still be the same amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, man? Uh-huh. Right, this is going to be totally boring. I'm going to pause was, this. We'll be it back. Was, uh, it was... Mm-hmm. No, it was a very boring phone call. Had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, you know... That would suck if, if it was like something big for you. Like they just, you know, fucking NBC wants you to fucking do something. If I knew how to be mean, like really mean... I only know how to be like knee-jerk mean. Yeah. Where like... I'll dump something on you and laugh at you, whatever. Yeah. But if I knew how to be really mean, I really would have had a full fake conversation with Coded yeah. and acted like I booked some big thing yeah. and made it sound real. And I can't think that far ahead ever. That would have been I brilliant. Because I would have been, my, I literally probably, if you looked in the corner of my eyes, you probably would have seen like tears welling up. I got a friend. Out of anger, sadness. You ever have anger, sadness? Yeah. <laughs> Two of my friends, this is so funny. My friends, Jim and John, after high school, we were all study acting and stuff in college, I mean, excuse me, together. And uh, after college, we graduated, they, they moved out to L.A. to try to make a career in acting. They were out there for a few months and nothing was happening. And our friend Aaron, who was also in the program with us, he still lived in Philly, and he called my friends John and Jim when they, they were in the car one day. Right. And John's like, hey, what's up, man? Aaron, what's going on? And Aaron's like, how's it going out there? He's like, it's going great, man. He starts lying. He's like... I booked a pilot. <laughs> this whole elaborate story. He's like, yeah, it's going great, man. All right. I'll tell Jim you said hi. <laughs> Jim goes, he told that whole lie about you. Why don't you tell him anything about me? And he goes, well, Jim, you haven't booked anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't think there's anything more depressing than when you see somebody that you know in the business. Not friends. You know, not like you. Or somebody you know, but somebody you kind of know, and then all of a sudden you see them on TV, and they're they're successful, and you're just like, oh fuck me, ugh. Even yeah. like even as small as a commercial, you see somebody that booked a national ad, and you're like, fuck. That's right when you the, your agent gets a call, or your manager, dude, what the fuck are you doing for me? I just saw a fucking shit dick on the TV. Yeah, uh, dude. I watched a movie on Netflix the other day. I don't even know what it was, remember what it was called, but I just literally just turned it on like, let me see what this is. Right. And it was like a who's who of New York comedians, just one guy after the next popping up. And I was, I almost threw something at the TV. It was making me so fucking angry. Oh, fuck me. And they were all guys I liked. They were all great dudes. And I wanted to be like happy. And I was like, I couldn't. I was so fucking, I was there's nothing worse than success for other people. I hate it. There's, it's nothing better when you get success yourself, though. It's almost this quiet confidence that you walk around with. And then you walk into a room and you're like, uh, hey, what's up? And that, people know that you have something. You know when people know that you got shit going on? There's a different vibe in the room. Uh, just fucking scumbags, dude. We're fucking all twisted scumbags. That's our problem is we don't... 
you and I both, I don't think, really will ever fully... Because I think it's because of... I'm not patting ourselves on the back here. I think there's a certain amount of character that we have that prevents us from working this business the way you're supposed to work it. Yeah. And when good stuff happens to us... Yeah. I don't tell anybody, dude. Yeah. I keep it buried. Yeah. Because I don't want it to look like I'm bragging. I don't tell anybody. And then people, I have friends that get mad at me. They're like, why didn't you tell me about that? And I'm like, I, what was I supposed to call you up and tell you? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't. Like, I. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's that. And it's also for me, I don't tell people shit because I've had so much shit fail. I don't want to be the guy that fucking yaps about a bunch of shit Ugh. and then it never comes to fruition. And it just never happens. I, I need shit to literally air. And I can't even enjoy it by then. By the time something's on TV, whether it be a comedy special or you did a, a TV show, I can't even enjoy it by then. I can't even fucking enjoy it. Because it's been such a build-up. I'm waiting so long. You, it's just like, fuck, I'm just glad this is over. Uh-huh. You know, Because you never know. If you tell some, I've told people, I remember when I booked a pilot... My, when I moved to L.A., literally two months in, I booked a, an hour dramatic pilot. And I was a fucking... I was, I was walking around different, dude. I was walking through the mall like I was famous. I, and everybody kept saying, on every show you ever book, every pilot you book, everybody's going to say this. Dude, this is good. This is really good. This is going to go. People are talking. This is, this is happening. And they never happen. They never go. It's all bullshit. It means nothing. Right. A key grip telling you that if this is a good one, this is the best one they, this studio's done this year, doesn't mean shit. I was walking around the mall different with my hat down like people were going to recognize me. The pilot wasn't even done filming. And it was a pilot, which means nobody's seen it. Yeah. Unless somebody from fucking craft services was walking by me in the mall and said, oh, you're Robert Kelly. I worked with you yesterday on the fu- Nobody would fucking... Nobody knew me. I learned then, just keep your fucking mouth shut. Oh, dude. You know what show depressed me more than anything? And then I want we to... We got to talk... Hold on. The show that was... I think it was on IFC, maybe. Yeah. They had a show called, like, Brilliant But Forgotten or whatever, or something yeah. like that. And it was great TV show pilots that never made it that were fucking great. Really? And I was so, it, was, it would depress me because you'd watch these pilots like, this is a fucking great show and nobody cared. <laughs> There's no hope. But then that, but did you ever have this happen? Did you ever have somebody hear about something that happened to you and they, they trump it up to be a great thing, like way better than what actually happened? Then you have to tell them like, no, no, it's not that good. Yeah. Like uh, I told you, I, met, I was at a party. I met that guy, Seth Myers from yeah. SNL. Yeah. And I'm talking to him and I'm like, Dude, I fucking love McGruber. It was so funny. Yeah. He said, great, dude. And Morgan Murphy, our friend, was like, Joe and Bobby Kelly and Bill Burr have this movie at Tribeca, and it's, you know, they're all you know, aspiring filmmakers and all that stuff. And he's like, fucking great, dude. And he's like, take my email, man. I'll try to come out to a screening if I can make it. I'm like, awesome, dude. It was a really nice, just friendly, yeah, yeah. whatever. Two days later, I get an instant message from another comic, and she writes, hey, I heard that you're going to be working with Seth Meyers on something, okay? And I was like, no. And I had to write back, no, I'm not working with him on anything. He just might come to a screening of something that I was a part but of. But you understand, this is the difference between an oh. actor and a comedian. An actor would have been like, oh, thanks, just thanks, and let that ride, <laughs> those fucking sociopaths. And a comic has to be, we have to be honest. We can't not with what pieces of shit and how fucking what losers we really are. Actors are the worst, dude. I fucking did that CBS pilot, right? And actors are the fucking worst. And not just actors. Actors that are making it or making a living, they're fucking nuts. You know who's fucking the craziest people on the planet? Background people. Or extras as they call them. They're the fucking craziest people on the fucking sure. planet. They are fucking nuts. I almost go to a fight with a busload of them. Because after I got done wrapped, right? Now, I'm, I had a guest starring role on this, okay? Which means they treat you a lot better, okay? They, you, get a, you get treated a lot better. You're not the fucking star, but you definitely get a lot better treatment than anybody right. else. Um, I rapped. There's a bus waiting for take everybody from the Bronx 
all the way back to 42nd Street Port Authority, right? They just drive everybody back. This bus is waiting for me. I didn't know that. They're waiting for me. It's all the extras, all the background people. I fucked up. The, everybody fucked up. I had to go get my thing and bring my stuff back to props and then go back and they have my belt. It took around 30 minutes for me to change and get my shit together, get all the props back and get my shit back from props and all this shit. And I, I, so I'm heading back to the bus. Literally, this big black guy, all these other people are getting off the bus and walking towards me. And the black guy goes, yo, you the, you the actor we're waiting for? I go, yeah. Yeah, who the fuck are you? Right. And he just turns around and walks back to the bus. There's an old guy. Everybody piles back on this old actor guy to with a scarf and a hat standing at the bottom of the stairs of the bus staring at me with like an angry face. And he goes, a lot of people have been waiting for you. A lot of actors have been waiting on this bus for a long time. I go, I go, what the fuck? What do you want me to do? What the fuck? I just rapped. I had to get my shit back. What do you want me to do? F- fucking, it's not my fucking fault. Talk to production. Right. And he's like, well, I think we should get paid more. I go, I'm not, what the fuck do I have to do with that, you fucking idiot? Right. I, and, and we get on the bus, he's still mumbling. I go, look, I'm not your fucking son, dude. I'm not a kid. Right. I don't know who the fuck you're talking to. Go fuck yourself. Right. Now I'm on this bus with 50 of these extras. They all hate me. And I'm driving back from the Bronx into the city, getting dirty looks. They turn around. They're all talking about me. You can hear the little conversations about me and about money and about all they give a fuck. There's penalties, money. You're working. They get like 100 bucks a day. SAG extras are fucking psychotic. Right. It's like, you know what, dude? Don't blame me because you didn't book the fucking part. Don't blame me because right. you don't got the fucking chops, you cunt. It's not my fault. Go get a real job. I did extra work once on Oleana, uh, David Mamet's movie. Love it was that movie. Fucking great movie. Worst movie ever for extras. We're in the, they got us baking in the hot sun all day at a fucking insane asylum out in fucking Massachusetts. This tall, blonde German production whatever had her headset on she was you know you must go here sit here we'll be back yelling at us i'm fucking starving there's no food there's nothing we're in the middle of this hot sun i got an argument with with this extra bitch this is how you make it because you if the director likes you you could fuck i was like go fuck yourself this is how you make it this is not how you fucking make it and i'm bitching and complaining i order a pizza because i'm starving order i ordered a pizza on my phone <clears throat> the guy pulls up, doesn't know where he's going because it's an insane asylum on the grounds. Pulls up during a take, honks his horn, and goes, pizza, I have a pizza for Robert Kelly. All of a sudden, we're in this big field. I'm trying to be under a tree like a fucking lion because I'm overheating. The lady goes, who ordered the pizza? I was like, I did. She goes, we feed you. I go, fucking when? Right, right. I'm dying. right. Right, I love that. What an Al Bundy move. <laughs> throw the whole production into the oh, David, Dude, Mamet was pissed. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Oh, he was pissed. The, uh, yeah, dude, I did it. I did it part on a TV show recently. Uh, you know, regular actor part or whatever, one episode. And uh, I go in the morning of the shoot. And it was, I, what, what show was it? It was the HBO show. No, it was a different show. It was a different oh, I'm show. sorry. What show was that, Joe? It was a different show. <laughs> uh, what was it? I sit, I'll tell you in a second. But I sit down. I, I get fitted for my shit yeah. and everything. And I sit down. And uh, I'm at this table with a bunch of actors. Yeah. These guys are talking. They're like, hey, man. <clears throat> dude, how you doing, man? You still on psych? Yeah. The guy's like, yeah, dude. I'm like, oh, shit. This guy's on psych. All right. Other dude, yeah, dude. What happened after The Sopranos? Oh, dude, that was such a ugh. man. When that ended, I was thank God though. I picked up Breaking Bad. That's going, and I'm like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm really out of my fucking league here. These guys are, they're all extras. They're all background guys talking about their TV shows. Ah, like it's there. They're yeah. on the show. And I realize it, and I'm like, these fucking douche. So I get up and I move tables, and I sit down with two. Actors, right. they're in the thing. I sit down with the guy. I can't. I'm slip blanking on their names right now. They were solid dudes, though. The guy that you remember, Murphy Brown. 
No. Yeah, I do, but I won't remember. All right. Just go ahead. The guy that played Miles on Murphy Brown, right. the little, like, yeah, yeah. sort of squirmy guy okay. with the glasses. It's him. Yeah. And this Asian dude who's on Sesame Street. He's been on Sesame Street for, like, 15 years. Yeah. I sit down with them. Hey, what's up? Dude, I didn't find out what they did as actors. I would almost have to beat it out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there was, there was, there was, hum it was none of that, like, there was no posing. They uh, didn't have to throw that out on the table. They're fucking nuts, man. And we ended up pounding around the whole day, and yeah. I was like, these guys are cool, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, uh, the actors on the, the rookie show that I did, fucking great. The actors. We all talked, we had a blast. The guy that was my partner in the thing, we were fucking joking around, busting balls, walking around the Bronx, making trouble. We had a blast. Fucking great. They were all fucking cool. The background people are fucking nuts. And it, the actual, I actually wanted to hook you up with the girl uh, on it. Yeah. Genevieve, I forget her name, Genevieve Jones. She was actually in a movie called uh, Evil Weed. She, she told me she was in this movie. And it's so fucked up because back in the day, you could tell people you did a movie and they'd never see it. You'd have to go. Right. If it was a shit movie, you'd have to go and Blockbuster and maybe find it or go and you know, order it or something from Taiwan or fucking... Now, I went back to my... Immediately went back to my fucking trailer and got my Netflix going and watched Evil Weed, the, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's about weed that got tainted with alien blood. They killed an alien in the weed and the weed got tainted and the, if you smoke the weed, you become a zombie. And all these rich Long Island kids go out to Long Island, smoke the weed, they all become zombies... And fucking, it's, it, it's, it's supposed to be a comedy like Evil Dead. So you have to watch it in that respect. Right. It's fucking terrible. Well, was it good in that respect? Was it funny? It, you know, it, it, it didn't hit it, dude. It wasn't as funny, dude. It wasn't as funny. They had moments, but this girl, first of all, she's fucking smoking hot. Genevieve, she's one of the stars in the fucking movie. Holy shit. I mean, she's totally my type of girl. Plus, her dad is like one of the most amazing writers ever. Right. He's like Colin's favorite writer. Right. Ever. Um... But yeah, if you get a chance, if you, if you have an hour and a half of your life that you want to throw down the toilet, or if you're a fucking total stoner. Take it easy. We don't want to piss off the writer family. Oh, her, I guarantee her father threw up at the premiere of that movie. <laughs> I guarantee he fucking had what a What did she say about it? Did she she said it sucked too. Oh, okay. All right. She knows it stinks. But right. it was, well, now you got her in bad, in a bad place with everybody that did the movie. Well, it was, it was supposed to suck. You know what I mean? That's the fucking the gist of it. It was supposed to not be as you know good. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's here's the thing with that stuff. It's like there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing background work. It's like doing open mics when you start out as a comic. Absolutely. You try to figure out like how do you get in, and you go do whatever you can. I mean, dude, I did dinner theater when I started out. There's nothing more. Dude, I did improv. Yeah, I did hands. Dude, I had with a, Dane Cook. Me and Dane Cook. Did hands improv. Yeah. Ugh. It's like you have to do all kinds of shit. I used to get 60 bucks a show. The show was four hours long. Six hours a show, which is terrible money. But at the time, I was like, I'm a rich man. I couldn't believe that I got paid money to do this. Yeah. And I had to literally walk up to tables Ugh. of people eating dinner in, a, in, a, in character. Well, can you do me a favor right now? Mm. Pretend I'm at a table eating. Can you reenact it? Just what you would have to say. I either, had, I either would play a, a mobster guy... And it was, you'd walk up and go, hey, hey, look at this guy. Hey, hey hi, hi. How you doing? Hey, hey, how's it going, huh? Hey, all, right. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're a big guy. Don't eat too much of that spaghetti. It was all shit like that, dude. It was <laughs> awful. Or, or. I, so that's it? Well, no, and then there was like a show part of it, but too. But you walked you up had to, to the do table, crowd you'd work. walk up and Tell you what, as a comic, yeah. it, it shot me forward at least a year in progress as a comic because it had helped me. Start to get sharp with like thinking on my feet. Right. Eventually, yeah. either that or I had to walk. There was a gay character in the play named Petey. Oh, please do that one. I don't even remember what I did. It, it doesn't matter. Just, please do it. Literally, <laughs> just it was like just please just walk up to me. I'm at the table. I'm I'm drinking. Go ahead. Oh my god! Look at you. Uh, yeah. Hi, like that. No, fuck you. Just I, do it. I don't remember. Just do it. No, I don't. Well, apparently, to do it. it didn't propel you further enough because you can't improv it now. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> All right. But this, this is a really funny story. This is a funny story. This kid, Lev. Yeah. Fucking cool kid. And he was like the really good looking kid in the whole crew. Yeah. He was the youngest guy, but he was the one like chicks would like. So he, uh, 
He had to play Petey once in a while. Yeah. He got fired from the show. Why? Because you, dude, you're doing these shows in like South Philly and shit. Yeah. So you're going up acting like a gay guy, and these fucking lugheads. Yeah. You know, would be like, "Hey, why don't you watch it? You fucking, you know?" Yeah. They'd start. They'd start really fucking being, Philly, right? Lev's doing the character one night. This guy's fucking with him. Hey, hey, you fucking, yeah, you sissy, but you know all that shit. Yeah. Lev breaks character. Leans into the guy's ear and he goes, "Hey, dude, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but this is just a show. I'll knock you the fuck out." <laughs> <laughs> right? The guy, re- <laughs> guy reports him and he got fired from the Good show. Good for Lev. Good for Lev. That's hilarious. That's hilarious, dude. Oh my god. That's fucking funny. He's such a meathead himself. He couldn't fucking handle it. I would have fucking done the same thing. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, dude. That's, but um, my point is, is like you do that shit when you're starting out. Nothing wrong with doing it. No. What's wrong with it are the people... That are 85. Well, have been doing it for fucking 30 years. Even that, dude. It's like, it's, it's fine. That's fine. That's okay. fine. The problem is, is when people take it and try to pose and make it something more than it is. Yeah. They, when, when you carry ego with it, well, that's when you deserve to get trashed. I did an interview yesterday, and the guy was talking to me about how long he'd been doing comedy. And I always try to say, I've been doing it professionally as a comic for 12, 13 years. Okay? But before that, when I had jobs, if you have a day job, yeah. and you're doing comedy, in my eyes, you're not a comic. I never told somebody, when somebody asked me what I did for a living, I never went, I'm a comic. I would always say, I work with juvenile delinquents, I do comedy too. I would always tell them what I did for a job first, and then I would tell them I was a comic after. Until I fucking quit all my jobs when I moved to New York and started getting paid as a comic, that's when I said, I do comedy. That, that's when I'm a comic. Because that's my own, that's when you're a fucking comic. If you have three day jobs, and you're doing comedy at a fucking sh- at an open micer, bringing five friends and hustling. You're not really a fucking comic. But now you people throw the word comic in front of their name, like a like like a fucking badge. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's not something you earn. It's just a, a thing you can put in front of your name or on your Facebook or on your fucking Twitter or on your website. And it's like there's no respect for it anymore. Back in the day, to become a comic was like a fucking badge of honor when you actually became a professional comic. You were hanging with comics. You did shows with comics. Now, anybody, you watch VH1, every person on there has comic slash actor right. or comedian. You're looking at them going, dude, I've never seen you do a show. Right. Ever. Well, and it also depends too. I know a lot of really funny guys that have done TV stuff that still do temp work and stuff like that. I consider those guys comics that are struggling and maybe need a little okay, extra Okay, you're cash. talking about after. They probably, look, there's a point right. at the beginning and then you get to be a comic and some guys have to go back right. to get a job. That's not what I'm talking about. If you have to go back after you do comedy right. for a while and you're not making it because comedy, the business is a fucking shit business right. and you have to go take a job on and sell real estate or do whatever you need to do to subsidize your money right, right. to pay your mortgage, your fee... That you're still a comic. You're a fu- you made your bones, and you're a comic. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, I, I know you. a lot of guys that have to do that. That have to go and, look, man, doing a cruise ship. That's a that's not a that's a day job. Right. That's not being a comic. You're not on yeah, the road. That's a cash run. That's yeah, a that, cash run. that's when guys say, look, I got to go do a fucking boat for the next three months because I need to make cash because I got to fucking send my daughter to college. Dude, it's brutal. That's I mean, different. I've doing it, I've been doing it without a day job for eight and a half years, ten years total. And that first, this is the one thing that a lot of guys don't get, I I don't think. That first year and a half, not like I'm swimming in cash now, but it's like that first year and a half out of the day jobs was was brutal. I was so broke. Carla, I used to live with with Okerson and his wife Carla. She used to make fun of me, like playfully. She'd go, oh, DeRosa's doing his hot dog speech again. Because I'd be so broke, I'd be like, guys, listen, I can't go in on the food shopping with you guys this week. I got to just eat hot dogs all week. You know? And she, <laughs> I know, I remember she, you were there. Yeah, and she'd laugh at me and she'd go, dude, you, what do you think? We're not going to let you eat food with us? Like, stop. I remember. I remember I used to fucking throw you cash. 
Oh was, yeah, dude, you gave me money. You gave me sixty bucks out of pocket that one night. Yeah. And you used to. I remember one time you were taking me to do two colleges. Yeah. It was right at the end of the month, and you you literally called me like the day of. And you're like, dude, can you come do these two colleges with me? We got to leave today. You know, I'll give you six hundred bucks. I forget what it was total yeah. for both colleges or something. And I was like, yeah, please. And we're we were driving up to the first college. I remember you go. Hey, so this worked out. This is a good little from out of nowhere gig, right? And I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, thank you. You saved my ass. And I'm like, I'm going to pay rent this month now. And you were like, what would you have done without this gig? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. I have no idea. But that's, that builds character, dude. Yeah. That going down to the fucking wire where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my shit. Dude, I... And then it always works out somehow. Dude, I was, I was so broke once. I was so broke when I first moved. I, first of all, I lived with Billy Burr. I lived in his apartment when he moved to L.A. I lived on his couch, mainly, in a cockroach-infested apartment up on 97th Street. I was so broke. I remember one night I bought a chocolate-covered pretzel down at Astor Place after the Boston. And I had to walk 100 blocks all the way uptown because I, I had no money. I thought I had a token, and I didn't have a train token. Sure. I had the 150 for the token. I thought that was extra. I bought the pretzel. I had to walk all the way the fuck uptown at like 2.30 in the morning. Another time... They're back when they had tokens, by the way. I was on a fucking bus going back to Boston to do work, to get work. Because uh, I had to go back... I had to always go back to Boston and get road work. Because that's the only town... That was my hometown. They worked me to make money for rent. I remember I had $50 to my name. And I left it in the fucking... In my house. In a sock drawer. 50 bucks to my name. I was on the bus going back to Boston. I had no money, no bank account, nothing, okay? And I was panicking, fucking panicking, dude. I needed cash to get from the bus stop to the gig. I needed food. That was my money for the week. And I wasn't getting paid for another, like, four days from the gig. And a friend of mine I saw that weekend, knew I was how destitute I was. He slipped a 50 in my wallet when I wasn't looking. I opened my wallet to uh, to get my ID and shit, and all of a sudden a fifty fell out, and I was like, "Oh my!" He saved my asshole out of the blue. Saved my fucking asshole. If I didn't have that fifty, I would have been fucking. I would have yeah. fucked. I mean, but but that's the stuff that builds character. But that's the stuff that makes you a comic because if you can't go through those times and make it to where you're, a, that's all you do is comedy. You roll the dice, fuck everything, I'm doing comedy, I'm going to live like a savage, I'm going to eat hot dogs and fucking ramen noodles and just try to get on stage and become a better comic. If you don't do that, if you try to fucking uh, go around that in some way, you're fucking yourself. Because that's what makes people go, fuck this, I can't do this, or I'm going to do it. It pushes you. Dude, that, that caused, that's one of the worst breakup fights I ever had, or like... Like the fight before the breakup fight. Yeah. I was dating a girl that was an aspiring comic. Right. And, you know, she, she had a day job, never did shows unless they fell into her lap once yeah. every three months. Yeah. Got presented with certain opportunities. Again, they would just fall into her lap. She wouldn't pursue any of them. But then she'd give me shit that I didn't take her career seriously. Yeah. And one day she was fucking prodding me about it, and I finally flipped. And I go, what fucking career? What fucking comedy career do you want me to take seriously? I go, how fucking dare you compare what you're doing to what the fuck I've gone through in this? Do you have any idea the shit I sacrificed to get where I'm at? Do you have any fucking clue what I had? The fucking starving, no fucking food, no money. You can't even go out with your friends. You can't go to a fucking movie. You can't buy a CD that you want. Uh, uh... The relationships, the fucking holidays I had to miss. Missing holidays with my family because I got $50 to go do a spot on Thanksgiving or something. Just fucking, dude, sitting, I remember when I worked, when I was down in Austin before I even did comedy. I don't like it. you could reenact that scene and I play the girl and you can be you, but you can't do the gay character in fucking yeah. Joey Marie's wedding. it's not vulnerable. <laughs> Fuck uh, asshole. Can you do that again as the gay character? <laughs> so... Before, I remember before I did stand-up and I was just trying to get in. I just knew I wanted to work in entertainment. I just didn't quite know what I was trying to do yet. Yeah. 
I worked for this thing called the Austin Music Network down in Austin, Texas. And I was like, it's a music network. Maybe I can eventually produce something or direct something. I didn't know. I was just like, fuck it, whatever. Right. Thanksgiving Day, dude. I remember I, had, I was sitting in Austin, Texas in this fucking shed. That was the broadcast room for this thing. Yeah. On Thanksgiving Day, 3,000 miles away from my family, anybody I love, alone, cold as fuck, even though it was Texas, it was still fucking cold, loading tapes into these players, playing yeah. videos manually on the stage. That's all automated now. Yeah. Just sitting there, pitch play. So lonely. Whatever. And it was like, that set me off so bad when she's sitting there going, you don't take my shit. Just watching opportunity after opportunity just get handed to this person. And they didn't pursue any of it. And then to sit there and go, this business is unfair. Why don't you take me seriously? I mean, dude, it was, it was, I just saw fucking red, man. Yeah, it's it's a fucked up thing. I mean, the I mean, I think in order to make it, I mean, crazy make it. I think you have to be a, a sociopath in a certain way. I mean, uh, I think that. But I think the low level people. It's like you know, comics come up to you and they're you know. I mean, they have so much energy into fucking promoting nothing. You know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna, fu if you can get enough Twitter fans and enough Facebook fans and enough fucking blah blah blah, all these fans, to it's like that's gonna make you famous. It's not. It's not. You might get fame. You might get there. But what are you gonna do when you get it? I mean, look at what happened to us in the last year. I I don't think we've I've ever I've ever worked as hard as I have in the last year. The more success you get, or the more opportunities you get, the more work you get. The more famous you are, the harder you have to fucking work to fucking keep keep it going. I mean, this all this shit we've been doing as far as the movie and the, the writing the feature for the movie and all the promotions and trying to get the stuff ready to have the movie premiere at Tribeca and then the book, right. writing a fucking book, right. all this shit that we have to fucking do, it's all work. We haven't got shit from the book's not out yet. Our book isn't out yet. The other stuff we got going on that we really can't talk about now, that type of stuff, that work that we have to do, it's fucking brutal. Brutal. And it's for maybe nothing. It's for nothing until something happens. I, I mean, most of the stuff we do is for nothing. It's for the actual, we just want to create something, get something out there, and see what happens. A lot of the shit, nothing happens. I mean, a ton of the shit just fucking goes away. How many ideas did we come up with? How many things did we write that we just thrown away? That's just gone? That we might never go back to? That we spent six hours on at this apartment just fucking wailing it out, right. handing it in and going, eh, right. nah, it's not right. And then we, it's gone. Right. That's fucking crazy. The more, the more successful you get, the harder we're going to have to fucking work. Right. You know, which, you know, people want it for nothing. People just want fame. There's people that want fame, and then there's people that want to actually be creative and create shit that means something to them. Right. And not to get too fucking artsy. You know, I know we're fucked. You know, a lot of stuff we talk about, we talk about a lot of pussy and dick jokes, and we shit our pants and whatever. You know what I mean? We're not the fucking most prolific people on the planet, but who the fuck is right. as far as comics go? It sucks because we're the black sheep of the industry, too. We're the fucking ones out there. Actors get this fucking mystique about them, that, and they get to fucking play that mystique. Comics, we're always honest. We don't get to do that mystique. We just fart. Yeah, uh, kick the chair. Um, you know, you know what I mean. Like we, we have to be ourselves all the fucking time. You ever see a comic in an interview? He's fucking himself. Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? We're fucking goofing around. We're honest. You ever see an actor in an interview and they get to pontificate and fucking you know, fake that fucking aura of an actor? And that always, that always bugs me, man. I get mad at comics when they'll go, because I don't like that it's that way. And, I, and I don't, I'm not saying I don't want to be myself, but I get mad at comics that'll be like, you're a fucking clown. Go out there and be a clown. I don't like when I see comics sit down on a talk show and talk serious. It's like, well, fuck you. I'm a fucking artist and a person like anybody else. When, when De Niro sits down for an interview, and I'm not comparing myself to De Niro, obviously. I'm just Kinda saying, are. when an actor... <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick a fuck... Who's the it, guy from American Pie? Pick one of those guys. Jason Biggs. Go ahead. Not even Jason. All right, I'm we're with not, you. I'm not, with you now. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When an actor... Jason Biggs now. <laughs> not when he was on American Pie. But by the way, if by chance you're listening and you're a fan, so are we. <laughs> yeah. I'm Listen. not. Listen. <laughs> 
the point is, is that is that when an actor sits down and do an interview of any kind, yeah. they talk, man. They do an interview. When a songwriter sits down, they don't sing through the interview. Yeah. When an actor sits down, they don't do monologues through the interview. Yeah. It's like when we sit down, it's like, yeah, maybe I don't feel like being funny. Maybe I want to talk serious about stuff right now. Right. It's like, you know, I'm not a 24-hour joke machine. Yeah, but... It's annoying. But right? our personalities... I know what you're saying. It every, comes through. Every, every talk show, it's the comic has to go out and be funny. But, I mean, the actors have to go out and be funny, too. And it's harder for them. You ever see actors have to go out with these fucking stories... So you were, uh, you had a barbecue this weekend. Yeah, and they have to fucking, oh my God, painfully get through the story and try to be funny and have timing. It's, I, I, it's almost easier for us to do a fucking talk show than it is for a, because we don't give a fuck. We could give a shit. You know, like Seinfeld said when he was auditioning for the show, you could always tell the actors from the comedians. Right. Because the actors were in the audition room rehearsing their lines, fuck, you know, really... Trying, this could be the moment. This could be it. This could be my big break. And all the comedians were out there like, this is fucking up my whole afternoon. Christian Slater's interview was so great on, I don't know, it was like Kimmel or something. I don't know, one of the late shows. Yeah. But he's telling this story that's just going on and, and on. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, and then he just stops and he goes, by the way, uh, the show that I'm on is on every Tuesday at whatever. Exactly. And uh, the guy goes, do you do this on the show? He goes, yeah, it's what I do. I tell long stories. <laughs> that was actually funny that he admitted Yeah, it was it. great. Like, yeah. uh, first time I saw a guy be honest in a while where he was just like, yeah, you know, I know this is going nowhere. All right, for, let's fucking wrap this up. This is getting to be an hour. Um, anyways, um, you don't watch MMA at all. No. No, you no sports whatsoever. Wrestling, professional wrestling. I watched. Oh, how great was The Rock? It's amazing. How you know what's a good show too? Which I didn't think I was gonna like, which they brought back tough enough. The new one with the Stone new one Cold and Booker T. I'm telling you, it's stone cold. It's worth watching just to get to the end at the elimination. It's stone cold in the ring with the three bottom three, which they stole from American Idol. And he is so raw and fucking honest. You know, people are really afraid of Stone Cold. Like yeah, other I'd be wrestlers. Of him, dude. No, like really legitimately other wrestlers yeah. are like, this guy's no fucking joke. He berates these motherfuckers. It's girl, doesn't matter what you are, he fucking snaps at them and really gets in their face. He said to one guy last night, he goes, uh, the guy goes, permission to speak? And he, he just gave him a big speech about, you got to be the alpha male. You get, you think Vince McMahon, if I want to, they had me be a curtain jerker when I first came here. I went out and gave everybody the finger and fucking swear at him and be created stone cold. I made my own opportunity. You have to be the alpha male. This guy goes, permission to speak? He went, oh, Jesus. Real, okay, really? Yeah, okay, permission to speak. Go ahead. It just snaps at him. It's hilarious. That tough enough this year is actually really good. Did they address why Stone Cold stunned Booker T? No, they didn't. <laughs> <But> <laughs> For no reason. It's fucking brilliant. But they do show how how hard it is on the body and how legitimate, yeah, legitimate fucking athletes these guys are to actually be wrestlers. These guys get fucking hurt. Yeah, man. this shit is no joke to have you know to be slammed and fucking power slammed and all the shit that they do. The only thing that doesn't. You know, they really hurt is the rock, the people's elbow. You know, they can't show that because that stops the heart. That stops your heart. Or the people's elbow. You know, that's internal. Yeah. That's internal damage. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's a great show. But now I tell you what sucks is now that WrestleMania is over and they announced that Cena and the rock, you know, are going to be fighting in main event next year. Main event next year. Right. Which is how they, because the rock said, I'll never leave again. We were like, oh shit, he's back in wrestling. So they had to give him an out. And they had to, they had to uh, you know, give face back to fucking Cena. So the What's fans the out? Were, Why is that an out? That's an out. I'll be back next year. I'm not leaving. I'm still no, involved. He'll be back through the year, dude. He he's... won't be. He won't be. Trust me. He won't be. He's got, fuck, he's got three movies coming up. He's not going to be back. He's going to come back for WrestleMania, fight Cena for the title, lose. I know it's going to happen. The, 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 but the... The month that The Rock was in, or the two months that The Rock and Stone Cold were back in the UFC, uh, the WWE, was fucking amazing. I was in, dude. They got me. Last night, back. last night, fucking, I'm out. I was back 100%. I'm I out. was all about it, man. Ugh. I was all about it. I started watching all the wrestling documentaries again. Ugh. 
The Bobby the Brain Heen documentary is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. All the ones on Netflix that they have are actually great. The 50 Best Wrestlers, fucking great. Uh, Jericho was good. The only one that is fucking unwatchable. And please watch it. I'm really into watching unwatchable shit. Like, if I see Jan Michael Vincent on TV of one of his movies, I'm watching it. Right. You know what I mean? The only one that's unwatchable is Sting. Because they made it like a, a mockumentary, like almost like a documentary. Like, it was a movie, but it was real, and it, it ends with him finding Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, all right. Dude, you have to watch it. It's, watch the Sting one. Watch all the other ones. They're great. But watch a Sting one. And this, the uh, Ricky Steamboat was fucking great, too. I like the Jericho one. I'm a big Jericho fan. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like, though, was that I didn't like when Jericho started wearing the suit and stuff. Yeah. I didn't like when he stopped being Y2J because he was so funny, man. Yeah. And I didn't like when he got all serious. But in the documentary, he seemed like he thought that that was a great change. Like, he was like, yeah, man, that was the switch. I stopped being Y2J. and. Well, he had to do something, dude. He can't fucking... That character could only... It's not The Rock. It's not Stone Cold. Uh, I thought that... I thought he could have been right up there with those guys. He was so funny, man. He is funny, man. And he's a great wrestler. Like, he's a, he's a high want, flyer. Yeah, I want him to be that dude again. I like his There's not so many high flyers that are fucking have Mike, Mike uh, skills. Mm-hmm. And he definitely had... He was great. He was awesome. But, I mean, what sucks is... It was great that The Rock and Stone Cold came back for that minute. But it sucks. Because there's nobody with that type of fucking uh, stage presence with those mic skills that are in the UFC, right? I mean, the WWE. I keep saying UFC because I got back into the WWE for a fucking month. Dude, mid the 90s in the WWE, mid-90s out were the greatest. It was rock, stone cold. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Kane. Yeah, fuck the Dudley brothers, mankind, mankind, with the sock, yep, the Hardy Boys, uh, Rikishi, the Hardy Boys. The that's another show. good one. Watch that one. Watch that one. The Hardy Boys. Uh, what's his name? You know, Edge, fucking stole. What's his name's girl? What's she was his? Remember, she was with the Hardy Boys. Didn't one of them die? What, what's her name? No, no, Christian and Edge. Didn't one of them die? Am I no, wrong? dude. What happened is, is that. Uh, Fucking uh, Edge last night at the end of fucking at the end of Raw retired. Really, legitimately fucking came out, and he a couple years ago fucking broke his neck. They did the surgery. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. They did the surgery, and after he wrestled in WrestleMania for the cha- you know the championship, the, the heavyweight championship, he went and got another MRI, and the, he's done. If he wrestled, he his arms were fucking. He was going to be paralyzed. He was almost paralyzed. And he can walk again and stuff? He can walk. If he walks away now, he'll be able to walk. But he's going to be fucked for the rest of his life. He's in so much pain. His arms were numb. We're going numb. Um, so last night, it was really fucking cool and interesting. He retired in front of the fans um, and kind of gave a heartfelt speech. It was really kind of cool. But he's the guy who fucked the Hardy Boys' girlfriend. He was out with knee surgery. She was living with him. He went in the middle of the night, saw her phone light up. It was like a, all, the, all the lights were out in the house. Saw her phone light up. Listened to the message. It was from Edge. Oh, saying how much he loved her. and that He can't do this anymore. He's got to tell. And he, he wound up fucking stealing his chick while he was out. It was fucking bad. Then they brought him back. He got fired from the, Uf, the WWE. I keep saying UFC. Because I'm a big UFC fan. God forbid you watch a legitimate sport. Don't say wrestling's not legitimate. It's legitimate, but... It, okay, all right, it's legitimate, but, you know, God forbid you fucking... I like the show, dude. What, what gets me with WWE is it's the showmanship. I, and I'm not saying that the other sports don't have that, but I like the story stuff they add to it. I like yeah. the movie element of it. Yeah. It makes oh, me I, laugh. The characters and everything, I like it. I get it. I, I mean, actually, The Miz is growing on me. Uh, Cena, but The Rock, dude, came in, took the number one fucking baby face in WWE... And made the fans hate him. Even last night when he came out, they fucking booed him. It's going to take him three months to get back to where he was. Do you can't see me? Dude, he can walk in and make anybody a piece of shit. That's fucking crazy. There's a great show once a year. They just did the second one. So I guess they're not going to do it again until next April or whatever. It's called WrestleMania Woodshed. Yeah. 
uh, these comics, Dan St. Germain and Mike Lawrence, put it together every year. They do it out the Creek in the Cave in Queens. Right. I did it the first year they did it. It's the most fun show I was ever a part of. All, they get like 30 comics, and everybody has three minutes, and you have to come out and do a wrestler promo. So you either do a wrestler you made up, right. or you reenact a legendary one, right. or you just do a wrestler doing a new thing. Yeah. But Dan Soder, Matt McCarthy, tons of guys go out and do it. Soder does the best. Kid Soder, funny kid, does the best Macho Man and Andre the Giant impression ever. <laughs> you do both. McCarthy came out to Terry Funk one year. It's a blast, dude. They pack the room. Everybody in the room's a wrestling fan. The crowd starts chanting wrestling, like it's a yeah. real wrestling show. Yeah. Dude, it's so much fucking fun, man. I was so mad I couldn't do it this year. Wrestling is definitely... Res I, I, wrestling was back for a minute. I think... I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see what happens. But it's it's just... Without the rock and stone cold, it just doesn't have it. It just... it's it's doesn't well, got to get the characters back. They don't yeah, have any characters right now. Because it's fucking... Dude, these guys... Triple H is the man still. Nah, he's all right. I love Triple H. I love Triple H too, but it's like... he's You know, he's... One, it's, he doesn't have the mic skills that the fucking Stone Cold and the Rock has. Triple H is a great fucking heel, but you need the guy to balance it out. You All know right. what I mean? All right. Well, if you if you if you're a wrestling fan, even you know, watch the documentaries on Netflix. All of them, they're fucking great. And save Sting for last, so you have a very anticlimactic fucking shit taste in your mouth. Uh, this this podcast was uh, actually brought to you by Marlboro cigarettes and. Uh, 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 Coca-Cola I want to thank them for sponsoring this and Apple Computers uh, I want to yeah. thank them for getting behind this and also uh, Tokyo 5 mm -hmm. clothing line for uh, sponsoring my uh, podcast uh, the best clothing line out there for MMA and uh, the casual uh, MMA fan if you like style and you like fashion uh, Tokyo 5 is the uh, you should say that you're lying before you get sued about all these people I'm lying about podcast. all of it <laughs> Nobody sponsors the show. Not even the fans. Yeah, There's eight fans go. that listen to this. Uh, all right, dude. I will. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for making me come to your fucking house. And uh, that's it.